The Lifestylist, episode 148, featuring Ryan Muncy. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast has been made possible in part by my friends over at Athletic Greens. I discovered this superfood blend a couple months ago, started taking it, fell in love with it, found it to be really convenient and useful and really good for the listeners because it's so all-encompassing. It's got vitamins, minerals, raw alkaline superfoods, herbs, antioxidants, plus enzymes and probiotics. So it's really a complete superfood blend. So that's why I like it. But in order to take an advertiser on the show, I need to find out a little more. I have to do a little deep digging. And you should rest assured that I do this with all my advertisers. I got on the phone with their CEO. I asked him about testing for heavy metals, for mold, uh, herb or irradiation, all this weird stuff that you probably don't know about that a lot of health supplements companies do that is not awesome. So this passed my test, passed the taste test, passed the power test and convenience test. And that's why I'm so happy to share with you Athletic Greens. So if you want to check this out, here's what's up. You want to go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke. You're going to find a landing page there. And when you purchase through that page, you're going to get 20 free travel packs valued at 99 bucks. Pretty awesome. So go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast, along with many others, is brought to you by my friends over at Organifi. And today, the product I'd like to talk about is Organifi Gold, and it gets a serious gold medal. The purpose of this particular product is to soothe you and to help you recover and relax. So I typically do this one at night in a hot drink, which I'll tell you about, although you can do it on ice during the daytime. It's kind of an all-in-one deal. But the core ingredient of the gold is turmeric, and it's an anti-inflammatory spice that's one of my favorites. I use it all the time. It's got actually over 8,000 published studies and articles showing its numerous health benefits. So I'll make myself a nice fatty little golden latte to wind the night down. It's also a way that I cheat and trick my friends into thinking I'm a really good chef because I make this amazing drink. But literally all there is is hot water and Organifi gold and some ghee or coconut oil and it tastes amazing because it's got uh, coconut milk and cinnamon and ginger and lemon balm and a couple medicinal mushrooms. So it's a really warm, relaxing beverage and it's clinically proven to reduce stress. So that's what I like to do at night. That's Organifi Gold. And you can mix it into all kinds of drinks and smoothies and make ice cream out of it and everything. It's just totally badass. And more than anything, I mean, it's good for you and all that, of course, but it's just super, super delicious. I love this stuff. I live on it. Okay, so go to Organifi.com slash Luke. That's Organifi with an I, Organifi.com forward slash Luke. And if you use the code LIFESTYLIST, you'll save 20% off on your little bucket of gold. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke, 20% off with LIFESTYLIST. 
Que pasa, mi gente? It's Luke Story bringing you another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. Today's guest is my friend Ryan Muncy, author of the book Fuck Your Feelings. Oops, blooper alert, my bad. He's also the co founder of the Better Human Project and host of the Better Human Podcast, on which I was recently a guest. But before we jump into this amazing episode, I want to tell you about next Tuesday's show featuring Dr. William Davis, where we talk about the toxic truth about wheat and gluten. And I got to say, that's a great episode coming up, but uh, I was really bummed sitting down with Dr. Davis because he basically let me know that there's no safe way to really eat grains or gluten. So you definitely want to check that. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes, not the least of which being next Tuesday's show with Dr. Davis. Okay, what else is going on? We've got a couple events. I'm speaking at uh, One Taste in Venice, California on July 26th. I'll also be speaking at Next Health in Century City on August 22nd. If you want to come hang out with me, which I would really appreciate, because this is a very one-sided relationship. I mean, let's admit it. You're there with me in your ears, right? But I can't see you. I can't hear you. I can't feel you, man. Who are you? Come see me. Come hang out. That's July 26th at One Taste in Venice and August 22nd at Next Health and Century City. If you want to come to those events, they're free. All you have to do is go to lukestory.com forward slash events, follow whatever instructions and links there are there to get yourself on the list and you can come kick it with me. Okay, so who's Ryan Muncie in today's episode? Well, he spent years working with scientists, researchers, Navy SEALs, C-level executives, entrepreneurs, and Olympic and professional athletes to unlock the secrets of high performance. And he's packed a decade of mentorship, knowledge, and experience into his new book, which is fantastic. I don't want to say the swear word again. What's called F your feelings. Let's just call it that just to be PC. And it's a neuroscience-based exploration of high performance and success. It's really cool. It's kind of It's not biohacking. It's got some biohacking, but it's really about hacking your life. It's just about being optimal and uh, not wasting time and energy. So I personally gained a lot of insight from this conversation with Ryan. I'm super stoked to bring it to you. Here's a couple of things that we talked about. First off, what's happening with his Better Human Project, including his podcast. One of the things that Ryan does that's really cool is he travels around the country in a modified RV that he's turned into a podcast recording studio. In fact, he parked it in front of my house, and that's where we recorded my episode on his show. For every mile that he travels in that RV recording podcast, he plants a tree. He's a really cool guy. So we talk a lot about the different things that he's doing with the Better Human Project, and it's very inspiring stuff. It made me kind of rethink about the way I'm doing things and how can I possibly contribute even more than I am. We also talk about why Ryan is donating 50% of his Better Human Project profits to charity. Yeah, that's 50%. Like, how does that even work? Well, he's going to tell us how he uses social media to make a positive impact. You know, a lot of social media today is full of negativity and materialism. And Ryan's doing the positive thing in a really cool and uncheesy way. And I love learning about that. How to live and examine life in your business and relationships. What you can learn about wasting your time from you two and Tom Brady. How to use technology to enhance your productivity and keep creative teams on the same page while they're working on projects together. Spiritual tools to help you show up with intention and awareness. Simple strategies anyone can use to elevate their baseline performance every day. 
the ultimate supplement to biohack productivity. You don't want to miss that one. It's a really cool trick. And then how to leverage your heart rate variability, your HRV and magnesium to optimize your sleep and why sleep is the number one most effective productivity tool. So this is a great conversation with my friend Ryan and it brings me great pleasure to deliver it now unto you. Here we go, folks, with Ryan Muncy. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. So great to be here, Dude, Luke. great to see you, man. It's awesome to see your setup. I mean, last time this was through either Skype or Zoom and we've done a few at conferences and now to finally be in your studio is awesome. Yeah, it's good to have you. It, you know, it's funny, I'm, I'm getting increasingly more uh, spoiled by having the opportunity to record, you know, living in LA, a lot of the people that would be on the show are either, they either live here or they travel here a lot. Right. So now when I have to do one on Skype, I'm like, ah, it's, it's it kind of a you, bummer. Yeah, you, you almost hate doing that. It's, it's yeah. so different as a host. I, I can totally relate. I want to do as many of ours in person as possible. Yeah, it's difficult sometimes to kind of... I mean, you can do it, but it's a different rhythm. And I think another thing is, you know, people like us who host these shows, and, and we do this because we love that connection. And even if you get a flow, that connection is just not the same as spending time with another human and you know, being able to kind of share that space and that energy and that conversation. Yeah, totally. So let's jump right in then because um, I want to make sure we cover everything we can. We're going to do a double header recording for my show and your show. So I want to jump right in. Uh, what's going on with the Better Human Project? Man, this is, uh, it, it's a blast and I, I'm blown away every single time we talk about it. Um, so I'll back up and through 2017, I wrote a book. And I knew that in early 2018, this book was going to come out. And um, the, the published date is, two, is uh, 2 19, February 19th. So if you're watching this live, it's available on Amazon for pre-order. If you're listening to it, it's probably available live on Amazon at this time. But I knew that as I did this sort of promotional tour through 2018, that you know, I wanted my own podcast to kind of bring people back to. And Ryland, who you met in... October at the Bulletproof Conference is a co-founder with me on the Better Human Project. And he and I had just some phenomenal conversations about what the ideas were for this thing. And it went from a new podcast to it's going to become its own business and it will actually be a B corporation. And we're donating 50% of the funds to charities. We'll be partnering with some amazing people uh, to make as much of an impact as we can. And sort of the genesis for this was looking at the way people are using social media and podcasts to sort of build followings and build platforms. And I think as a society, we're starting to kind of grow weary of social media's prevalence in our lives, but also maybe the way people are utilizing it for uh, personal gain. And, you know, we really felt like there's this rallying cry around using it to do better for the community, not just yourself. So, so the hashtag or the tagline for the Better Human Project is be better and do better. So it will be a continuation of all of these tools and explorations for self-improvement, self-mastery, optimization, whatever you want to call it, but also presented through a lens that creates a bridge to how can we use this self-improvement to also facilitate improvement in our families, in our communities, and, and even on a global scale. So an example is, uh, you know, we're, we're really trying to partner with um, 
a charity so that every mile our RV travels, we plant one tree. Um, so backstory on that is we have a podcasting RV. Ryland had an RV and we've got a, an amazing helper. And uh, it's parked out here? It is. It's oh, parked that's outside. amazing. We're, when we're done here, we're going to go, you're going to get to sit in the back and record with Sick. us. So Josh Crowther is an amazing human who's helping us and uh, he's completely turned the back of it into this beautiful podcast studio. So, you know, we're just touring around LA. Like you said, everybody's kind of here and recording three, four shows a day for about a week. And yeah, so every, we want to, you know, take it to conferences, events, expos, whatever, and every mile that it travels, if we can offset that uh, carbon footprint by planting a tree or even get carbon positive, there's just, there's so many different angles we can look at and sort of examine. I think the, the, the way we're calling it is kind of leading this examined life. And, and I think a lot of us, especially your listeners, do that with, with our own lives and our habits, but it's taking it a step further. How do we do that with our businesses and our relationships? And yeah, we're just, we're so excited cool. because every time we talk to somebody about it, the response is just, it, it, we're blown away by people's reaction to it and how they want to get involved and help. And uh, it, yeah, it's, awesome. it, it's I'm been, happy for you, it's dude. It's been really cool. I'm happy for you. What a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like, I, I picture it's like almost a band going on tour, you know, cruising a band with pod, yeah. podcast. I mean, I kind of did that the last trip I did in New York. I mean, I wasn't driving around, but I brought my gear and just was running around the city recording a bunch of interviews and stuff like that. It's it, it's cool. And also just, I don't know, finding a new business model out of it too, which is cool. So right. good for you, dude. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I'm curious because you're someone who's like me, doing a lot in life. You're super productive and you're into optimization and efficiency. I just get that from you. What systems do you use in order to just keep track of life? You know, as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. someone that doesn't have a nine to five job at the moment, you know, what are right. some of the things you do in terms of focus and um, productivity and just staying on track? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I may cross my feet. And if I do, if you're watching, my feet are a little dirty because I've been walking around barefoot. So we call I'm those sorry. porn feet in California. Is that a. <laughs> I have porn feet, huh? <laughs> Okay. It's all good, dude. We're always barefoot on social media around here. All right. And and the feet are always there. And I'll make sure I don't put them on your nice white that's chair. That's all good, bro. But, um, no, I, that's, I, I appreciate that. I, I think I, I put a lot of thought into time management and productivity. I am a firm believer that time is our most valuable thing. You Whether you want to call it an asset or a commodity, you know, I think we have to be incredibly vigilant about how we spend our time. And so many people, I'm, I'm obsessed with this idea of why people, some people are able to have success and others are not. And, you know, when you look at anyone who achieves s- success, however you want to define it, uh, or is a high performer, there's no coincidence that they don't waste a lot of time. They don't spend time doing things that aren't moving themselves or their mission forward. Um, so I'm always auditing my habits, my actions, my wife's the same way. So, you know, as a, as a couple and through our relationship, we're looking at that as well. And, you know, perfect example of this would be television, right? So we may not think that it's a big deal to come home and watch one hour of TV in the evening and just unwind. But let's say you did one hour of TV a night, five nights a week. That's five hours a week. Multiply that by four weeks in a month. That's 20 hours. If you did it on the weekends, you know, now you're seven times four is 28. Divide that by an eight hour workday, and you're looking at three full workdays in a month that you could have back or have where you're 
putting that energy, that time into a side gig or uh, a charity or this writing a book or whatever this thing is that people want to do. And then they say like, oh, I, I don't have time to do this. And that's just an hour a day. There, there's a lot of other examples we can pull where you're looking at, at time. So I think auditing our habits and our time. And you know, if you even move a, a step back from that and look at, as a human, define your own values. What do you want out of life? Where, where do you stand? What do you want for yourself, for your family? And moving through life with intention and making an effort to make sure that all of your actions and decisions are in alignment with those values it becomes very easy to see when you're wasting time, when you're spending time productively or not. Um, so I think I, I'm, like I said, I'm very vigilant about how I spend my time. Um, you know, I don't plan my days by the hour, but I do, I have another habit where um, I'm a big list person. Uh, Ryland was telling me he's picked this up just from being around me. That's how much it's a part of my life. But I, I have yellow legal pads everywhere and I have to write everything down. And uh, in the top right-hand corner, I have this uh, hashtag MTC stands for move the chains. It's a football analogy. So if you gain 3.4 yards, every play in football, then theoretically you would never have to punt. So the the point with this analogy, and I'm kind of going through it quickly, but the point is not to focus or or chase Hail Marys or flashy plays or uh, the highlight real plays, but to just line up, do the right thing, think about it long-term do a little bit every day to move your mission forward. And if you just gain 3.4 yards every play, you'd score a touchdown every time you got the ball, you'd win every game. Most team, The team with most points wins, right? So on my yellow legal pad in the top right-hand corner, uh, yeah, I do the hashtag MTC and then I write MTW for days of the week. And it's, if I only get one thing done on Monday, I'm going to get this done and I'm going to move the chains today, no matter how I feel, which corresponds to the title of the book, Fuck Your Feelings. And it is something that, it's a practice that has really enabled me to make a lot of progress in my life in the last five or six years. And the interesting thing is, is that when you knock out that first productive thing, you get that first victory of the day. You hear a lot of people say, win the day or build momentum, whatever it is. You get that one thing done and then you start momentum. You get a dopamine rush or whatever, and then you just you just keep rolling. And and you might look up and you've gotten three or four things done. And I think there's just there's something to that. Um, but also another thing is is being able to zoom in and out. You know, you're looking, you know, as I'm doing that, I'm also not only am I looking at what I need to get done on this day, but I'm also zooming out and saying, where am I? How do I need to move this month, this week, this day to make sure that I'm going where I want to go. How do you determine how you're going to prioritize the different things? I find myself, I often get caught in busy work Mm -hmm. because I'm, well, I guess it's not subconscious because I'm now stating Mm -hmm. that I'm aware of it, but I know there's the big, the big scary thing making, you know, that sending that email that could have, I could face rejection in or right. you know those big moves where it's like, oh God, am I ready for this? Or just stuff that I don't feel like doing because it's a cumbersome creative project or whatever. And so oftentimes what I'll do is I'll get myself involved in just busy work and minutia to feel like I'm being productive and getting stuff done. But then those big needle moving yeah. tasks tend to get sidelined a lot of the time. How do you deal with knowing what to prioritize and, and to really focus on the things that matter. That's a really important concept. And um, there's actually a quadrant system 
And I think it's from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. <laughs> the book has been on my shelf for 20 years that I've never fully read. Yeah, I know the you, one. You got to pull it out. And um, so, so there's quadrants in there and it's quadrants of importance. And it's been a while since I've looked at it. So I don't have the quadrants memorized. But the, yeah. the gist of it is that there are, like you said, there are activities that are busy work and low value activities. And then there are activities that are high value and there's important. I think it's, I think the quadrants are urgent and important and then important, but not urgent, not important, but urgent and not important and not urgent. So those are the four things. And, you know, an example of urgent, but not important is a ringing telephone. And if you're in the middle of, you know, a great writing session and your phone rings, you're going to be tempted to pick it up. So then you have a question of, you know, do I work on just building the discipline to not look and not answer that phone? Or do you just preemptively go into that writing session and say, while I'm writing, no distractions, put your phone on airplane mode, problem solved, right? So I talk about part of this list that really helps me is as I write down my to-do list for any given day on that yellow legal pad, kind of in my head, I'm going through that triage of, again, having to pick out that one thing that moved the change. So that's the one thing. So right away, that's the first thing that I'm going to try to get done right, on that right. day. So it's... That's, that's, the, that's that, uh, I think they call it eat the frog. It's another yeah, term I've heard for that. Yeah. And so that's like, that sort of helps me to kind of start with that. I call it triage, you know, because... If, if you're familiar with medical triage, I mean, somebody that comes in with a bullet wound is going to get treated before somebody with a broken leg, right? You got to prioritize these things. So I think the other thing too is really familiarizing yourself with this, this quadrant of, of importance or not, not important or urgent. So here's a really cool story in the way it was told to me. When you 2 went on tour a few years ago, they called the tour the greatest rock show on earth. and if you look at, they have time-lapse videos on YouTube where it takes like three days to set up the stage and get everything ready for the venue. And of course, the night of the concert, YouTube flies in, they roll out on stage, Bono rolls out, he does his thing, shows over in the helicopter, out, next show, the next night. His only job is to show up and sing. He's not setting up the chairs. He's not doing sound checks. He's not selling tickets. He's not selling merchandise. There's a lot that goes into making that the greatest show on earth. But Bono does one thing. And every single other person involved with that has their role. You know, it's Super Bowl weekend as we record this. Tom Brady is not Tom Brady if he's trying to block and snap the ball and catch the passes, right? So it's identifying what your role is, where you add the most value to your mission and doing that and either delegating or getting the rest of the stuff off your plate in some way. This is so timely, dude, that we're, that we're talking about this. And this is, you know, one of the many areas of your expertise and interest because I've come to a point right now where I'm just like, I'm literally doing 20 things a day that someone else could easily do. But I'm in this sort of uh, tailspin of not having the time to actually formulate an interview process and hire someone to help me. And I'm, I'm not being a Bono, you know, I'm like being oftentimes the roadie, the bus driver, right? The, you know, well, the guy taking tickets at the front and taking photos of the show, like way too much, you know? I, but that's an interesting point too, is that it, it's a process. You know, we can't, I mean, we'd all love to be you too and have 
their revenue and be able to just immediately say, okay, let's build this system into what we do. So I think that's the fascinating thing as you go from, uh, as you move through sort of the, the trajectory or the life cycle of any business, right? When you begin, maybe you're a solo entrepreneur or you have a small business and, and you have you know, a, a tight knit unit as your startup. But as you grow, you've got to be looking at that as where you're going to go and plan for that and build those things in as you grow so that you can grow into that. Because you're right. I mean, look, the smaller the business is, the fewer people you have on your team, the more roles every single person has to do. Uh, the fewer places there are to hide people that aren't A players, which is you know, why it's so important to get people who are fully committed to whatever your mission is or whatever your project is. Because, I mean, dude, I used to own a gym. When I started my own gym, I didn't think I was going to be cleaning toilets or taking out the trash. I never would have done those things at a commercial fitness facility when I was a personal trainer. But the moment that I owned my own gym, somebody's got to do it. Yeah. And you know, who does that fall on? Yeah. So you've got to kind of understand that it's a process and a journey and, and start to, as quickly as you can, delegate those things. That's why the quadrant thing is so kind of crucial. I wish I could explain it a little bit better. Um, but maybe I can track down Covey one day and interview his ass. Well, the, the, I have a couple of his books literally in my you can, office. And you I'll, can Google that and, and yeah, the, the yeah. image is on, it's on the internet. We'll you put can, it in the show notes. Yeah. So in terms of your, uh, your productivity, you mentioned you have these, these yellow uh, notepads that you write everything down. Is there any software that you're using like Evernote or Asana project management? What are you using on the software side or app side that helps you to kind of scale yeah. and work on your new business and stuff? I'm, I'm laughing because you mentioned Asana. I despise Asana. <laughs> uh, I, I actually deleted it. I, I was using it for a while and I'm just... I've tried Trello, Asana, Basecamp. I don't yep. know. For me, those things are... It, it's, it, it's, it confuses it's like, me it's more. It's like doing duplicate work. And then the other thing I had an issue with in Asana was in a previous uh, venture, there was a guy who kind of came in as a project manager and he would never communicate directly. And you would just get these little notifications from Asana that you were supposed to do things. And I, that just rubbed me the wrong way. So I just, I, I think that's just a personal objection I have to Asana. But Evernote is a lifesaver uh, because, you know, it syncs to my phone, my computer. I can be making a note on my phone. We use it with Better Human Projects. So we can share notebooks with Ryland and Josh and our team. And that's a big thing that we're actually going through now. The, the previous answer is creating these systems for uh, pre-show, post-show, you know, creating these standard operating procedures and everything that goes in there. We, we created that as we're driving in the RV, did it in Evernote, and then we share it with each other. And then we all have it on our phones and on our computers. Yeah. So Evernote is a phenomenal tool. The, the notes that I'm uh, cheating with right here for the questions are <laughs> printed from Evernote. Yeah. Yeah, really useful. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Google Calendar is great. You know, we made one of those for the, the Better Human Project as well. And we're able to put uh, directions in. So at our last appointment, Josh, who's driving the RV, uh, gets a notification that says, you know, takes 21 minutes to get from here to your next appointment. Traffic is light. It's got Luke Story's address on it. And I mean, that's, there are some really, really phenomenal ways we can use technology to uh, enhance our productivity and, and keep teams on the same page. How do you deal with procrastination? That's a good question. It, maybe this will come to me. I'm, I'm struggling to find like, there's a, a great quote that I, I love about it. Maybe it'll come as I go through the, some answers, but I, I feel like we don't procrastinate on the things that we truly care about. 
or are passionate about. I think, okay, so sometimes if you're, you could really, really love someone and there may be a difficult conversation that you're putting off. So you're procrastinating having that conversation. It doesn't mean you don't care or you're not passionate about that person. But I think in the general sense of how we think about procrastination, I think it's a good indicator that maybe that that's a direction that we shouldn't be going. I'm sure you can think about all the times where you procrastinate and you know there's something that you'd rather do. And I'm not saying shirk our responsibilities or or go away from the things that we need to do, but I think listen to that. Look at the things. There are things in our lives that drain us and then there are things that energize us. We rarely procrastinate on the things that energize us, right? Yeah, like like for me, that would be doing interviews. Right. Like I'm never like, eh, let's put it off for a few hours or a couple of days. You know, it's like this part I'm super excited about. That's the most fun thing right? about so, podcasting. Like, but bah- writing the goddamn show intros, it's like every Tuesday my show comes out, Monday night, midnight, I'm getting a text from my show producer. Hello, where's the right. intro? I'm like, ah. So, so short term, the answer is, you know, develop some kind of, whether you want to call it discipline or systems where you do it now. Um, I read a book on one, a long time ago. I think it was seven levels of communication. Um, but there's a story. This guy used to wear a rubber band and he would snap it on his wrist and say, you know, just do it now. And, and that's something that has always stuck with me is just get it done, knock it out, move on. But long-term, identify these things. And it's, it's, you see how the thing that you brought up is also one of those things that would fall under a quadrant of important but not urgent and that's a thing that you can delegate totally right? dude. It, that's exactly what i was thinking and that's yeah. why that's why i say bring awareness to the things that you procrastinate because that's a great way to identify those non-bono activities yeah <laughs> i like that we'll make that a thing is that bono or non-bono right so yeah. the guy the guy who told me this since you've already said porn star feet the guy who taught me that lesson is from new jersey and and he said, are you Bono or are you a Jersey Shore whore? <laughs> oh, damn. Not my words. Damn. Well, we won't blame you then. You're just quoting someone. What about fear of success and fear of failure in terms of performance and being an entrepreneur and, and doing what you're doing? Do you ever have the feeling that I'm not good enough or I'm in over my head or imposter syndrome, I'm going to be found out or oh shit, what if this actually works and I have to really show up in a powerful way? Every day. Every day. I think that's one of the things that drives me is if I'm going to say this, if I'm going to put this out there, if I'm going to do this thing, I mean, I feel an incredible responsibility to be a steward to that role, whatever it is, whether it's podcast host or author or speaker. You know, I want to make sure that if I do this thing, I know a lot of people are going to hear that. And, and I feel a tremendous responsibility to make sure that if it's science, that it's scientifically valid, that you know, I'm not steering someone in the wrong direction. Uh, I, I've really learned to be careful with the way you know, we talk about nutrition or uh, supplements because I mean, people will listen to what you say and, and implement it and do it. And, and that's not something that I take lightly. And I mean, as far as imposter syndrome, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you you realize this or, or have experienced this that I mean some of the things we get to do are just mind blowing. Like I, I f- have found myself in several situations on this trip where I'm like pinching myself: is this real? Um, I was a guest on a podcast yesterday, and the host was a guy who wrote the very first workout program that I did 13 years ago. Oh wow! And now he's interviewing me. I'm like, how That's does this cool. happen? So That's cool. Yeah, I, I 
I don't, I think my answer to that is, you know, the, you, I guess you're asking like, how do you deal with it? I think, I think preparation enables confidence and, and performance. And I try to go into every situation being as prepared as I can be, you know, so that I can perform and show up as the person who I want to be, or I think about if there's somebody that I look up to and respect, if they were given this opportunity, how would they show up? So again, it's, it, I don't look at it as like me, the ego, like going and doing this thing. I, I look at it as I've been entrusted with this and I've got to be the steward to whatever it is. Um, and I guess I've just, I, I've gotten that lesson from a lot of mentors along the way. And I, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to have been kind of guided in that way. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. It's time for a shout out for our awesome sponsor, Ergo Driven. So years ago, I found out that sitting for long periods of time at your desk was like really bad for you, right? So I got all excited and got this adjustable sit-stand desk. Then I found that it really hurt my legs and my feet to be standing. So I just went back to sitting most of the time, kind of defeated the whole process there. Enter ErgoDriven and their Topo mat. I recently got one of these mats and it's a really soft but uneven surface that keeps you moving while you're working at your standing desk. And in fact, I'm standing at that very desk right now. Here I am with happy feet and happy legs moving around. I sit down, I stand up. It is awesome. So not only am I using the Topo mat, but more than 75,000 people around the world are using it. And it also has over 1,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. It is an awesome, affordable, really easy hack. They also make something very cool, which I recently got called the Spark. And the Spark is this really like easy to put together laptop or even desktop uh, standing desk that's made out of cardboard, but it's really strong and badass and it's very portable because it's light. It's really cool. So we've teamed up to offer you a 10% discount on all ErgoDriven products, including the $25 standing desk that I just mentioned. So you can start feeling better like I am no matter what your budget. So go over to ergodriven.com forward slash Luke to claim your discount. Use the code Luke for 10% off. So that's ergodriven.com forward slash Luke. And the code is also Luke for 10% off. And now back to the interview. Do you have any sort of spiritual orientation as it relates to overcoming those challenges? Do you meditate, pray? Do you have any sort of Outside of like, all right, crush it, let's do good things in the world. Is there a, a spiritual intention or practices or anything in what you do? Yeah, I call them tools. You know, tools in my toolbox because you know different situations will require different things. Uh, so, for example, moving from moving in the RV from the previous appointment to come here and be with you, I'm thinking in my head, okay, who does Luke need me to be when I show up and and do this interview and how do I get that game face on um, or, you know, get into that kind of alignment with your know, chakras or, or energy and, and kind of, you know what it's like when you're vibrating in the right way. And, you know, that I, I use that as an example because what I did between then and now is totally different than the way I would approach it if I was at home, right? So on the way here in the RV, I did some breath work, which is something you can do anywhere. And listen to music and 
you know, I asked the guys, you know, hey, can I control the music on this ride? And they did put on some Sinatra because I mean, that's music <laughs> that's that, you know, we were joking. Like it's, it's kind of like that. It pumps you up to kind of like the dude was a baller, but it's also music that kind of mellows you and chills you out. So it's like, you kind of get that like cold, that's interesting. That kind of cold blooded, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I can be a, that quiet assassin. That's right? cool. That's so, funny. I would never think of Frank Sinatra as like getting in the zone music, but I can totally see that perspective. That's funny. And, and sometimes, I mean, that's, I'm not saying that like he's music I always listen to. It's yeah, just, yeah. It was just this thing I felt like yeah. I need to hear this music right now. And so that's why I call them tools in the toolbox. So like music could be one tool. Um, breath work, yoga, meditation. When you movement. say breath work, are, are you doing something like Wim Hof or a specific practice or just kind of making up your own thing? I think it's, I, I guess making up my own thing would be the way to, to say it. I, I think so few humans breathe with intention and awareness that simply bringing an awareness to your breath and thinking, like when you catch yourself and you say like, you just did it. Like when I said that, you, you took a deep breath in through your nose and we know if we're mouth breathing, that's a sign to our body that we're what our we are at our capacity, and that is sympathetic state. And we want to operate from parasympathetic state as much as we can. We want to. Most of us spend way too much time in that sympathetic fight or flight state. So to close your mouth, breathe through your nose, into your diaphragm, and just reflect and just be aware. Like, wow, I am breathing. Like I'm alive. This is my experience and. You know, I woke up today, which is pretty damn cool, right? And I think that just, that kind of centers you. There's a, a saying, I got this from Todd White, who you know from Dry Farm Wines. Sure. And, you know, he says, appreciation, not expectation. And that really, really jolted me when he said it. And it's something that I keep coming back to. And, and every single opportunity where I find myself with either stage fright or, you know, feeling like, I've got to show up in a certain way. I always come back to that and just say, you know what? I'm, I'm just grateful for this opportunity. I'm going to go in. I'm going to be the best version of myself that I can be today and in this moment. And I'm just grateful for that opportunity and have no expectation of what will come from that or, or what it's supposed to be. One of my mentors used to talk to me. Uh, I would be going on a date or a job interview, something where like, you know, you had the potential for butterflies or public speaking or something. And I'd call him, man, I'm really nervous. I'm scared. You know, what do I do? And, and he would tell me, uh, that's because you want something. You're going into this to see what you can get, which was probably approval and being liked and things like that. And so he would always tell me to go into a situation with the attitude similar to what you're saying, or maybe the same exact thing of like really looking at what I can contribute and to give and then that sort of undermines the fear because there's not, there's like literally nothing to lose. Exactly. It's almost like if you were showing it up at someone's house with a beautifully wrapped gift, you wouldn't be nervous to go give something to someone. Right. You'd be nervous to show up if you were expecting to get a gift. You know what I mean? Right. Are they going to be there? Am I going to like the gift? Are they going to give it to me? Do I have to wrestle out of their hands? You know? Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a really cool, a cool perspective. Yeah. And, and that's the exact approach I take to, to public speaking. I mean, if I'm on stage, I, I realize, like, wow, these people are going to sit down and listen to me. They, I need them to walk away from this with something that is worth them giving me their time and attention. So, it, again, it's not about me being on stage. It's what can I be a vessel to channel to them? Yeah, nice, dude. In terms of having the mental focus 
to do all of the stuff that you're doing in terms of entrepreneurship and just productivity. What are you up to lately in terms of supplementation, smart drugs, nootropics, all of that? Like when you want to sit down and really have a day where you just crush it, mm-hmm. what are you doing in terms of uh, all that? Yeah. So to me, the foundation for all of that is sleep and food. Uh, if those two things aren't on point, that's the quickest way to see a drop off in performance, uh, whether it's physical or mental in the way we show up in, in our lives for work, family, whatever. So I, I think it's, it's really developing sleep hygiene, a routine before you go to bed. I'm sure you've talked about that on the show and then getting good quality sleep, eating foods that agree with you, whatever your approach is. And then, I mean, in terms of smart drugs, I don't like the idea of trading one day for another. So by definition, peak, anytime we have a peak, there is a drop off on the other side. Um, If I was to peak today, then I will be below baseline or significantly below where I'm at today for everything I have to do tomorrow. So I really look at how can we elevate our baseline so that we have high performance every single day, not necessarily peak performance. And in terms of nootropics or smart drugs, I don't experiment anymore with any of those. Um, I've settled on Siltep. Um, I, I, about this time last year, I worked with Dr. Andrew Hill at Peak Brain. We hooked my brain up to a QEEG and uh, Siltep actually lowered my alpha brain waves by one or two standard deviations. And that was with one single pill, not even the full dose. So context and what that means my baseline without anything was a little bit of a too high of a ratio of alpha to theta brainwaves, which corresponds to inattention or ADD, ADHD. And sometimes I only take Siltep maybe three to five days a week, depending on the week. So I've just sort of learned how to break up my days that being inattentive doesn't I guess the way Dr. Hill said it was ADD is not pathology unless we tell you to sit at a desk for eight hours and not move. So I've just learned to break up my days and you know do a little bit of work, get up, move around, do something else, and just kind of allow myself to shift focus and shift gears with what I'm working on throughout the day, um, which has been really beneficial. And then on certain days where uh, if I'm doing a lot of interviews or writing, I'll take Siltup. And I know that one pill a day allows me to have a great day that day without a significant drop-off um, the next day. So it's it's looking for a long-term kind of sustainable approach to that. That's cool. I like, I like you've been in the game for a while, so you, you've probably come full circle on yeah, a lot of that Yeah, I mean, stuff. in the beginning, like I was yeah. all about like, I, I, oh, let me try modafinil and holy oh, cow, dude. this is awesome. But you know, yeah. if you've done it, like you're trading a day or day and a half of recovery for one day. In some cases, you know, with modafinil, and I I, I like that you said that as you become sort of a thought leader or as they say, an influencer, which is a funny word, but it's actually true. I mean, because I people DM me on Instagram, hey, you talked about this thing, I went and got it. I go, oh, wow, I guess I do influence people. So I, I like hearing that we have to be responsible. And so when I talk about something like modafinil, I'm like, hey, this is a drug, enter your, enter at your own risk. Mm-hmm. If you're going to try something like that, do a super, super low dose. Um, with that particular compound, I do like I would say I microdose mm-hmm. modafinil, right? Because, like you said, 
if I was to do even, I, I've never, I don't think, taken a whole one. The whole, no. I mean, I would be like, that's like crystal meth. But right. even at half, like I will crush so hard. Mm-hmm. But then as you say, the next day, I'm definitely going to be a little depleted. And it's funny, that's how I did it was half. I've never taken a full. And yeah, um, yeah it's, it, I remember the first few times I took it, I'd look up at the clock and it was like 10 or 11 in the morning. And I'm like, I, I just cannot believe how much I've gotten done today. And then, you know, the next day, nothing. You're just, you're just, you, your, your neurotransmitters are just wiped out and you're just, you're, you're shot, you're gone. Yeah. And, you know, I just quickly realized that that wasn't a sustainable approach. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned sleep too, because I, th- I think like most humans, we all want a shortcut. Like what's the magic pill? What's the best supplement, the best diet, the best this, the biohacking and all of that. And the more people I interview on this show about performance and just general well-being, uh, sleep comes up over and over and over again as mm-hmm. just the master vitamin. <laughs> you know, it's like the ultimate supplement. Yeah, and I forget that even myself. And I'll get by with seven hours, seven hours, twenty minutes, thirty minutes. Go, to, I go to bed. I'm just a, I don't know. I just I'm a night person. I go to bed twelve, one o'clock. And the next day I'll just be smoked and then I'll have to take a bunch of supplements to Mm -hmm. like kick my ass into gear and some bulletproof coffee. And then I'm like overstimulated and it's this cycle where those rare nights when I do just somehow muster up the discipline to get to bed at 11 and, you know, sleep until 7, 7.30, I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I have the most amazing life. It's a totally different existence just from sleep. And so I think that's a really important thing for people to be aware of is that you, you can't, there's no shortcuts around like quality sleep. It doesn't, right. I don't care what pill you have. If you're a vegan paleo, none of this shit matters if you're not sleeping. And it's so not sexy or not cool. Like when you first asked that question, I mean, the answer I had in my head and, and I'll say it now because I feel like we've, we've kind of talked about some of the other cool things that people want to hear. But truthfully, yesterday we did, I did four interviews yesterday. I was smoked. Uh, we didn't get to to eat dinner until a little bit later, and you know we got we were back in the RV and it was you know seven or eight o'clock. We we did the work that we needed to do to prep for today, and I knew all I needed was sleep. I, I knew that if I wanted to be the the guy I needed to be today, it wasn't about what supplements I took this morning or what I drank or whatever. It was go to bed early, and I went to bed before the other guys, and I woke up after them. I mean, I got I was crushed and you know fortunately i was able to get more than 8 hours of sleep last night and that is really the number one thing that is facilitating performance today well since it's so important what are some of the main tools you use to improve your sleep i have talked about it on other shows i mean i've had shows dedicated to it but people listening might not have heard those or they don't go back in the feed they might be a new listener give us right. some of your tips for sleep so we talked about sympathetic and parasympathetic earlier sleep is a parasympathetic activity. And there are some people that experiment with polyphasic sleep, sleep cycling, uh, where you don't sleep all of your sleep at night. You get it in chunks throughout the day. Like Einstein used to do this and uh, Thomas Edison. But the point there is that there are some habits that we can build into our pre-sleep routine that facilitate getting into deep sleep or REM sleep faster. Uh, and improve the quality of our sleep. So it's not just about the quantity, but it's the quality because in deep sleep and in REM sleep, that's when we get the hormonal release and the removal of waste products from mental processing the day before. That's when we consolidate memories. 
So one of the things that we can do to really facilitate getting into deep sleep, and I think, I think the number is it takes about 70 or 90 minutes for that first sleep cycle you know, to get into REM sleep. And adults only get about 20% of their sleep in REM sleep. So if we can get more of that, then we're getting higher quality sleep. And one of the biggest things we can do is avoid technology for about an hour before bed. No TV, no phone, no iPad, no social media. Even Instagram. <laughs> no Instagram. And I promise you this will so change. So to that shit. So if you look at like, all right, so let's go back and kind of audit your time, right? So yeah, the very yeah, first totally. time we talked about, like totally. you want to go to bed earlier, right? Let's say you're up at 12 on an on a average night when you're going to bed at 12 or 1 and you want to go to bed at 11. What are you doing between 10 and 1? And if we removed technology from the equation, could you turn off all of your lights when the sun goes down and then only use candlelight, which is another thing. So we're going to reduce blue light. Yeah. We're going to have some softer light that kind of moves, helps. It, it matches our biological clock, that circadian rhythm, which I know you know a lot about light and, and the importance of that. And that's going to start moving you towards parasympathetic state. You can take, uh, our bodies like to uh, actually like to be colder, move into cold when we sleep. So if you take a hot shower and relax and then get out of the hot shower and move into a cooler room, set the room to 66, 68 degrees, and then read a book. I like reading fiction. I can't read science or like business or something like that because my brain starts to run with it and I start thinking right. about how I can apply this. So I need something I where I that, can tune I fall, I fall asleep to podcasts or audiobooks every night. It's just... It's a habit I developed as a drug addict. I used to listen to Howard Stern show <laughs> to go to sleep and avoid. I mean, I did that for years, literally. I was so wired, and I would the human voice would like put me to sleep. So yeah. that's how I fall asleep. Right. But if I listen to like a business, I listen to a lot of you know entrepreneur and productivity and all that kind of stuff podcast. If I listen to those things, that that's what happens to me. I'm like, oh man, I gotta like do this and do that, and I start getting hyped up. So I'll usually listen to something that's more spiritually oriented or something like that when I fall asleep and when I wake up. It's it's interesting. Yeah. I don't even know that I was that conscious of that, but I tend that's to perfect. avoid the more serious content right. as I'm going to sleep. Right. And that's that's really smart. So you do all these things that move you into parasympathetic state and then facilitate better sleep. So yeah, that's hopefully, cool. hopefully those are some good tips. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. And I mean, I think this is something that we can't, talk about too much man because a lot of people just take it for granted and and you're right it, the thing is it's the sleep thing is not sexy it's not cool the first person in my life that emphasized the importance of not only the length of sleep but the quality of sleep and just how important it is is my uh now past grandmother uh may my nana and she just my whole life dude is like sleep sleep she's just constantly drilling that to me so you know, when I got into health and biohacking and stuff and sleep became a thing, I was like, oh yeah. And that grandmother incidentally is the same one that turned me on to collecting spring water. She used to take cool. me out on spring water trips and then talk about sleep. I'm like, man, you know, when you're younger, when the elders give you wisdom like that, especially if you're a little punk rock a-hole like I was, it's like, I'm going to do the opposite. Let me see how many days I can go without sleep, you know? But now I'm just finding, especially I'm no spring chicken. I'm 47 now. And I'm like, dude, if I don't get that quality sleep, it really, really shows. And I'm just not as 
nice of a person. Right. You know, I just find myself, not that I'm ever like a total uh, jerk, but I'm definitely like a little more like, uh, what do you call it? Like thin skinned and just like, I have a, a little bit yep. of an irritability mm-hmm. if I'm not properly rested. So it's really interesting that you've noticed that. That is, uh, I talk about that in the book where we can use HRV, heart rate variability. Uh, that is a measure of vagal tone. And basically it is how much time you spend in parasympathetic versus sympathetic states. And there are studies that show the lower our vagal tone or the lower our HRV, the lower our emotional bandwidth, which is exactly what you're describing. And, and the example I give people to put that into like a tangible experience that they can understand is sleep. If you don't get enough sleep or if you've taken a red-eye flight or if you're a parent and you've got a newborn child and you're not getting enough sleep, you know that the next day your emotional resiliency is compromised. Your decision-making ability is compromised. So that's one of the reasons that sleep is so important. If somebody wanted to take a supplemental approach to improving their sleep, like if they're really struggling and cutting off the blue light and getting the temperature right and having a dark room and all that sort of basic fundamental just biological stuff is taken care of. Do you have any recommendations in terms of safe supplementation? Uh, I would go with magnesium. So I've actually talked to a few people, especially some former fighters who, since they retired from fighting, were not able to sleep through the entire night. And within a week of taking a magnesium supplement, specifically one that contains magnesium L3 and 8, they were able to sleep through the night straight through. Uh, and, and magnesium L3 and 8 is a fascinating compound. It, there are studies that show that within two weeks, it can increase synapse density, which is like, uh, if, if you're not familiar with what that means, imagine, so synapses is, are you know how our neurons connect and talk to each other. They're the junctions. So if you imagine the old school cell phone commercials and you'd see like the coverage map, the coverage map that has like zero coverage is low synapse density. And then the coverage map that has service everywhere is high synapse density. So you're looking, you know, the, the experience of having greater synapse density is better communication and faster communication between your neurons. I so, got to step up my magnesium game. Like, <laughs> just mag- reminded me. Magnesium L3 and 8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's in the, uh, the uh, MagTech. It uh, is in MagTech. Natural mm-hmm. Stacks mix, right? Yeah. I think I, I got to put that on my website if it's not there already. So um, as we bring this to a close, tell us about the book, man. I love the title. Yeah. I'm trying to... It's funny because your book's called... Oh, oh, sick. You have it right here. Cool. <laughs> I we'll have put one. It, we'll put it on, um, on camera right <laughs> here. It's called F-U-C-K, Your Feelings. I'm... I'm trying to swear less in my life and on my show, but his book's well, called, there's, it's called Fuck Your Feelings, there's you guys. No, there's no you, there's an asterisk. I know, I'm right? just playing. No. So what's, uh, what's the story with your book and congratulations, Thank dude. you, thank you, Luke. So uh, it's interesting, this is a, a proof copy. We, were, uh, we actually had these shipped out here and we just picked them up. So that's why, uh, uh, if, if this was a real cool. copy, I would leave one with you, but all, you will be good. getting one in the mail soon. Cool. So fuck your feelings. I mean, it's, it's self-talk as, as we've gone through some of the things that we've already talked about you know, I talk about developing this, the, the discipline or the habit of doing things now, doing, showing up, doing the right thing for the right person at the right time, regardless of how you feel. And you know, I think that's something that I picked up from my dad. I mean, no matter what I needed or where I was in my life, he was there and would do anything. So I, somebody had asked me recently, and, and I, I didn't even realize until then that 
that that lesson kind of seeped in the way it did. And then combine that with some of the productivity things that I've read over the years and you know, the, the do it now, snap it on your wristband. But the really cool thing is there's a neuroscientist, uh, Antonio Damasio, who found out that 95% of our decisions are made based on how we feel in any given moment, right? So I'm fascinated by why some people are able to have success and other people are not. That right there is the answer to me. If you look at Oprah, Richard Branson, anybody that you can name that has achieved success or been a high performer, I promise you, you will find somebody like we talked about earlier, the same way that they're diligent with their time. You will find somebody who shows up and does what they know they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it, regardless of how they feel. On the other side of that, if you look at people who are not able to attain the success that they want or move their life in the way that they want, move the needle the way that they want, it's likely because we're making decisions based on how we feel rather than making decisions that are in alignment with our values and our goals. So fuck those feelings <laughs> that lead you off track. Right. So this is, it's a user's manual to master your mind, accomplish any goal and become a more significant human. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. I, I totally agree with that. It, it actually reminds me a lot of um, addiction recovery. Mm -hmm. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't matter how you feel. You just show up and you do what you need to do to stay clean, right? You know, because the feelings come and the feelings go. And those are most people like me that come from my background have always been really susceptible. It's like, oh, I got a feeling. Uh, let me do something destructive to stop that feeling or just be immobilized by negative feelings and emotions rather than just kind of picking yourself up by your bootstraps and just like, I always have this thing in my head, the show must go on. That's, yeah. the, that's the thing for me. Is right. like, I, like I just had a, a couple speaking gigs in Aspen, Colorado at the end of the year and I got really sick the minute I got out there. Oh no. And I'm just, I felt like shit, but the show must go on. It's like, well, am I going to, is my trip here going to be... Um, affected by the way that I feel physically, emotionally, mentally. Because of course, when you get physically sick, you start getting depressed and feeling like crap mentally in every other way. And it's just like, no matter how I feel, I got to show up and do it. And that's kind of been my credo. I think that's why I love the title. So what were some of the things that you went through in your head to prevent the physical from affecting the mental? Well, keeping my commitments, I think was the number one thing. It's just, I told these people that I was going to show up and do something, man. <laughs> You know, I, I get high on having integrity and having opportunities to follow through and be the person that I say I'm going to be and do what I say I'm going to do. Not that I'm perfect at that, obviously, but uh, when it comes to an engagement like that, there's really nothing that's going to stop me unless I'm literally in a hospital or something, you know? Right. Um, but I just have a certain um, fortitude and grit, I think, in that way that I'm able to bypass however I might feel in a moment. It's interesting. So chapter two in here talks about emotions and feelings and the, the neurobiological definition is a mental experience of a physiological state. Oh, wow. Wow. So we can manipulate our mental states with physiological changes. So what you're talking about was the reverse of that. You had a physiological change, you had a sickness or an illness, and you know that that impacts how we feel mentally. So you, you were, the reason I asked that question was because you were doing your own version of the tools that we're talking about in here of 
you know this thing is coming, but you also know that to show up and be who you want to be, you were saying, you know, fuck you feelings, fuck you emotions. I'm going to be in control, not you. Yeah. So that's that's really cool that you're 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 actually implementing it and applying it without even reading the book yet. So imagine right. when I read the book, what I'll be capable. Of. <laughs> exactly. And that was that was one of the fascinating things with with the book was you know taking this you know being able to talk to researchers and neuroscientists and and find these things out, but then interview people who have climbed Mount Everest or Olympic medalists or special forces guys and and see how they're using choice architecture or you know some of these other things that we hear about in the academic or the research world and then how it's actually being applied by these high performers. So awesome. It's it's been a blast. I can't wait to put it out. Awesome. I can't wait either. All right. So dude, uh, in closing, who have been three influential teachers in your life that you might be able to point us to that we could go study up on? Oh, that's a great question. It's been so long since I was on your show. I forgot about your closing questions. Yeah. Sneak sneak up on you. All right, man. Oh, the first one that comes to mind is a guy who, he quote him a few times in this book, a mentor, Paul Reddick. And he's the one that told the Bono story. So Paul Reddick has been a huge mentor and influence on my life. I would say my dad, but there's no way you're going to go look him up and learn from him. <laughs> so somebody that I've recently encountered and fallen in love with his philosophies and, and commitments, Yvonne Trinard, the founder of Patagonia. Uh, the book is Let My People Go Surfing. And it's played a huge uh, role in the way we're approaching the Better Human Project. And then a third one, Darren Hardy. Darren what, Hardy, what, Compound what? Effect was his book. Okay. So that was one, you know, there's, there's quite a few lessons from him in that book. You know, the 30-day journal for someone that you care about. Uh, I've done that for my wife. It was, it was a huge thing for our relationship. Understanding the compound effect and, you know, applying that to a lot of the things that we've talked about with time and time management. Um, there's also something in there about relationship review that is something that's been very powerful for our relationship. So Darren awesome, Hardy. Awesome, dude. Thank you. Three, boom, trifecta. We did it. All right, where can we find you on the intraweb, social media, et cetera? Yeah, so my personal social media is at Ryan Muncy underscore. Uh, that's Instagram. I'm moving to only that platform. Uh, I, I just I don't like this idea of parallel universes. I want to be on one and I'm going to focus on that. Uh, the book, Fuck Your Feelings, is on Amazon personal website, ryanmuncie.com. And then for all the Better Human Project stuff, we've decided not to do an Instagram account or social media for that. Uh, We will have a website. It is betterhumanproject.org. And uh, everything that you'll need to know about that project will be on that site. If you're watching this live, it's not up yet. By the time you hear the recorded version, it will be up. And uh, you'll be able to look at how we're doing everything and making the impact and, and everything will be right there on the site. Awesome, dude. Keep up the good work. Thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks, Luke. All right, you guys. So that was Ryan Muncy. Do you realize some crazy shit just happened? You know what it was? That was the 148th episode of the Lifestylist podcast. As I sit here and record the outro, I'm looking at these numbers going, wow, that's a lot of conversations. I mean, of course, we have a lot of conversations in our life and probably millions of them, but these are very dedicated and focused conversations that I get to share with people like you. And I'm so grateful for that. But 148, man, we're creeping up on 150 episodes in just over two years. So I want to thank you for listening to this show. I want to thank you for listening to any of the others. 
And I'd really like to make an earnest request that you share this information, this podcast with a couple friends right now. It's super easy to share a podcast now. You can click on the bottom right of your player, on most players at least, and click share and just text it to a couple friends or even do a screen grab and post it to social media, your Instagram stories or whatever. A lot of people do that. And I just want to let you know how much I appreciate not only you listening, but you helping to spread the word because so many of these guests that I have on are just amazing. And I have such a great time talking to them. I want everyone in the world to get this information, especially this episode, because Ryan really dropped some great nuggets in terms of just living a life full of meaning and, uh, and delivering value in the world. And I'm hoping that this podcast is delivering value to your world. Don't forget to tune in on Tuesday for my interview with Dr. William Davis. We talk about gluten and bread and shit for like two hours. I mean, it's like the deepest dive into the evils of grains and gluten that you'll probably ever hear. I was so obsessed with his work and really getting to the truth of this. Now, he's a cardiologist, so this is serious stuff. This isn't someone who just randomly wants to be Mr. Paleo and has an agenda against grains because he's trying to sell you some some bacon or something. You know what I'm saying? This dude is super smart and we're going to learn all about bread and why it's bad. And I need to be reminded of that because just today I fell to the temptation of eating a super non-organic glutinous cookie. It was probably like 50% glyphosate slash Roundup. Really toxic. I rushed home and took a bunch of enzymes and charcoal. I don't know. Maybe is that an eating disorder? I don't know. All I know is if I eat gluten, I get hella sick, but every once in a while I can't resist. So next week's episode is going to help you uh, hopefully resist too, or maybe not. Maybe you're like, I don't care what Dr. Davis says. I'm going to go nuts and just live on donuts. It's your life to live, but it's always good to be informed before you make decisions. So that's next week on Tuesday. Also like to let you know that uh, I've got a Facebook group now and this thing is getting crazy. We've got, I don't know, 1200 members or something. Every time I log into Facebook, which is, you know, I try to get in there every day, but sometimes I miss a couple of days. I don't really use Facebook for personal use. I just use it for, you know, keeping in touch with groups of people per se, managing pages and whatnot. But every time I go in there, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many comments now from the members of the Lifestylist Podcast Facebook group that I can barely keep up with commenting on things and answering the questions. It's getting to be super bananas in there. So go to Facebook and search The Lifestylist Podcast and you'll find the private group. Request to join. We'll let you in and you can join the conversation. It's becoming a really cool sort of support network where people are sharing ideas, thoughts, resources, links. It's very cool. So again, go to Facebook and just search The Lifestylist Podcast and you'll find the private group there. And what's cool about it being private is you can ask somewhat personal questions. You know, a lot of people are like, hey... Um, I'm constipated. What do I do? But <laughs> I don't know if they've asked that, but you get the idea, right? At first it wasn't private. And then people were like, eh, I don't really want to say anything in here. And uh, we made it private and now everyone's getting very cozy. So join the group. It's awesome. It's free. And it's a way that I can see your face and communicate with you. And as I said, I've got a couple events coming up. I'm doing more and more speaking gigs all the time. So always make sure you check in at lukestory.com forward slash events. A lot of the events that I do are free. And so you can come down and hang out. If you can't get to an event in person to hang out, then come hang out in the Facebook group. Lastly, I really sincerely want to thank our show sponsors, 
The first one being ErgoDriven. You can go to ergodriven.com forward slash Luke. Use the code Luke to save 10% off on their amazing topo mat. I literally have my feet on it right now. Every time I do their promos, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm actually using that thing I'm talking about. Now I'm sitting down right now because I have my dog Cookie on my lap. I just got a dog, by the way, guys. You might know that if you're on Instagram because I'm obsessed with this freaking dog. It's my first dog. So I'm seated at the moment as I do this outro with my feet on the topo mat. But when I'm standing at my standing desk, which is a convertible desk, I'm standing on this baby. It's awesome. So go to ergodriven.com forward slash Luke. Use the code Luke to save 10% off. And then, of course, we've got our friends at Organifi. I love a lot of their products, but the one that I'm I'm literally like addicted to, in fact, I'll probably go make one right now. It's 11.23 p.m., Damn, I should be in bed instead of sitting here rambling on. But I'll probably go make my nightly Organifi Gold drink. If you want to try the Organifi products, here's what you do. You go to Organifi.com. That's Organifi with an I slash Luke. So Organifi.com forward slash Luke. I really said that in a weird way. But you figure it out. If you've heard the show before, I say Organifi almost every show. If you use the code Lifestylist at Organifi.com forward slash Luke, you will save 20%. That's Lifestylist to save 20% off your Organifi Gold or any of their products. And then last, but surely not least, because I love this stuff too, is Athletic Greens. If you want to try Athletic Greens, one of the most potent superfood green powders on the planet. It's also very portable. You can go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke. And they got a bonus for you over there. Guess what? Surprise, surprise. Here's what's up. You can get 20 free travel packs valued at $99 with your first purchase just by going over to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke. So thank you again so much for listening to the show. And thank you for supporting our sponsors. Without them, I would not be able to do this. The show's expensive to put on. You'd be surprised like all the people you have to pay to make this thing happen. I've got my podcast masters. Uh, production team now that do kind of an all-in-one thing, sound editing and posting and all that sort of stuff. But I've got a graphic designer and I don't know, man, it just adds up and you've got to have sponsors on the show or you're going to pay out of pocket. So when you buy things and get these discounts from our sponsors, you're literally directly making this show possible for yourself. So give yourself a pat on the back for giving yourself an awesome podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you on... Well, no, I won't see you. Thank you so much. And you'll hear from me again next Tuesday with Dr. William Davis. Cheers. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.